Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Comic Bureau Field Report. The Comic Bureau Field Report is a member of the Believe podcast family. That's why I'm your favorite podcast platform, Believe, and the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Not that anybody was asking, but I think there were some missing, specifically three episodes missing off of Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They're back up. And, you know, thanks to Believe, that's why their name is... is I, well, they should have been there anyway. I don't know what was going on, but they're back up, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> Email the company bureau at gmail.com if you have any questions. But enough of that, Mr. Gosson, on to this week's uh amazing guest who is on stage off stage pulling the strings and uh what a delight uh as a stand-up and uh many other things in los angeles please get up for joanne shinderly everybody hi it feels like i'm walking on a stage yeah that's that's (laughs) That's a perfect intro (laughs) that is I, I pride myself on being pretty good at intros, although I really love when people just flat out lie. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> always funny. I, I, I'll never forget, like, um, Sean Patton bringing up somebody saying, like, oh, you've seen him, uh, our next comic at clubs and colleges across Iceland. <laughs> you know, those famous Icelandic comedy clubs. Yeah, uh, I'm probably sure there's like four. <laughs> I feel like that four is generous. Sure, sure. No shade, but I'm like, where are they? And like, they're probably just at a spa. There's, it's like a, you know, when you're on a cruise and there's a uh-huh. comedy night. There's just like one or two comedy nights. Right. It's right. some sort of. I don't know. Oh, don't you love that, Joanne? When there's like a restaurant and they they for marketing purposes will be like, let's say, uh. The restaurant's called Teddy's, but then they call it Teddy's Comedy Club because they have one comedy night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they set up a a fucking sound booth next to mm-hmm. a piano, a lounge singer. Yeah, on the one night they don't do karaoke. It's a it's a yeah. comedy club. Breweries do that a lot, where mm-hmm. it's like this is. I mean, there's I'm not gonna name names, but there's three of them on the top of my head. Right. But there's there's actually one in Minneapolis. It's like is the best comedy night in Minneapolis, and it's at Sisyphus Brewing. But they actually really? have like a built out room for it, so it's sure. not like it's just in the concrete. Because that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. All these like brewery stuff. It's like the sound goes nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> they don't think about that. It's like I, you want someone to do. Yeah, sure. The space holds five hundred people, but there's a pinball tournament in the back. There's right. like fucking hand toss games right next to me there's dogs in here you can't hear me right but this is a comedy club yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah that's downtown at boomtown brewery they have an open mic and it's usually done outside because i guess that sounds better i went there for the first time i've never they used to have a show too they used to have a show i think with di- different people running it but the mic is run mm-hmm. by a guy who works there that's the other thing that's a new trend too of mm-hmm. like barbacks being like no i want to run a comedy night and like <laughs> no shade because i've seen people grow with it and i guess mm-hmm. you know get it while you can sure. but i always think that's kind of funny too 
I mean, yeah, if your job will let you do comedy, I, I guess go ahead. But that yeah. is, that is, if you're wondering how a lot of weird alternative venues happen, that's usually the formula. Oh, I work yeah. here. <laughs> so I work at this vintage shop, shop so we're going to do a show here. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also, I mean as a comic we're all working somewhere you know well we should be anyway <laughs> yeah i work at a comedy venue and uh -huh. i don't have a show there <laughs> you did have a show so joanne do you want to do you want to break down for the listeners what your multi-hyphenate title is in la um, comedy <laughs> yeah uh stand up um uh -huh. erotic writer and actress <laughs> and venue manager of ucb comedy in la wow, wow. i did erotic writer is new. i did not know erotic writer was. oh my god yeah that i that spawned in the pandemic and it paid my bills that's how i paid Damn. my rent in the pandemic now was some of it funny it yeah i mean but some of it was like fucking hot too like it was right i i actually started it because um my favorite show ever even though rip head of erotic fan fiction yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and uh i just you know when you do something and it just fucking clicks and uh -huh. like i've won i think nine out of the ten ones i've been in all to it and like there's just something on like both sides of it like pre and in the moment mm -hmm. and there's just something very fucking exciting about like I'm such a procrastinator that you give me a time limit, I'll nail it. Right. But if left to my own devices, I'm like, oh, I'll get it done. So, yeah. um, I lie. I don't know. I just loved that that rush, that feeling, and just the funny. Because the goal is just to be gross. You right. know? So it's like, how do you step that up as quickly as you can to get people to groan? Um, and then I took that love and made it into like, um stories for couples or like this i have this one client who's an on i've basically written him a whole book uh -huh. but he pays me in chunks and wow. so like his story is like has a folded he's introduced like some homosexual stuff in it which is not his jam outside of yeah i'm like very proud of him <laughs> <laughs> did you put that in the in the footnotes like i'm yeah. proud of you <laughs> proud of you he was kind of like he was like um because people give me what um it's just names and like a situation so you're um, doing on like commission like people commission yeah. you do. okay cool yeah it's called jojo's no-nos <laughs> uh-huh that's great that a is fellow great. comic uh jordan Dahl made the graphic for it that's awesome yeah well what is if the intention to win competitive erotic fan fiction is to be gross what is the intention here because people are paying you um to be historically accurate about... <laughs> number one <laughs> wow getting a lot of period pieces yeah. huh well i had a couple that wanted she thought it'd be funny for their anniversary if it was like she's like can you make it like amish themed because she's like a city <laughs> gal and i was like for sure and i did a bunch of research about like amish weddings and like uh -huh. what that marriage entails and so um or like the pre-rituals and stuff like that and right so, right right um i want to make sure i was doing justice <laughs> it wasn't a, oh i thought it was you're gonna go the rumspringer route no <laughs> this was more like um a lot of like 
hand-me-down like linens from the mother just like funny like gross like awkward gross sexual but like mm. loving sure this feels almost not r-rated no i mean it's not yeah it's the goal isn't to be like like fucking like family guy dirty you know what i mean sure. like it's more uh it's very i don't know i i believe in myself as a writer and i think that it's a very um good mix of novel fantasy but also like humor in it of like full circling it's kind of like an erotic seinfeld episode (laughs) (laughs) but that's my jam and then other than that then you know Mm -hmm. you get a day job as you do and uh this since november Mm-hmm. No, I started as a at UCB. I started as a house manager, and mm-hmm. then in October, and then got promoted to venue manager this past February. Right. Wow. Yeah. There you go. And you're a very good stand-up. I appreciate that. Yeah. Don't don't forget that. Don't I? Sometimes I do. So you know what? I I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because sometimes the 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 comfort and security of sort of like um a Money? manager. Mon- yeah. <laughs> Mon- money dollar signs uh i mean i think that was i was either last week or the week before where like you know oh i think i was actually just talking to somebody they, they, they were like i've just made peace with the fact that i am at least working in comedy mm-hmm. and like while that's not i'm not really getting to achieve my quote-unquote dream and it doesn't seem like i have like a path to that right now at least like I'm in comedy and making money doing it and that's yeah. fine yeah yeah I mean that's also where like at certain point you have to adjust your expectations or like dumb down your delusionalness I guess I don't know right right because it does it's, go ahead it's mostly luck it's mostly luck it's mostly yeah. right you know how many thousands of very very funny people who have just fell off you know that should be the most famous because they just you know life happens and needs happen and you know yeah it's uh it's kind of upsetting you know yeah and comedy isn't big enough where they're gonna get their documentary like 10 years down the road right like whatever happened to yeah yeah (laughs) Alu Bell got one. You know Alu Bell? No. Alu Bell uh was, you know, one of those like I don't I dare say classic stories of like someone who was like big in the 80s and then when the bubble burst it kind of like fell off. Mm-hmm. And I mean he did Letterman and like he was a real weirdo and like really boundary pushing and a lot of like comedy nerds really loved him, but because of a lot of his own sort of like mental health issues he just kind of held himself back until this kid josh edelman who's a documentarian and a stand-up uh made a documentary about him and then josh yeah yeah and he uh and that kind of like put him back on track but he was kind of like you know faded into obscurity and like the people who knew him would put on shows but other than that you wouldn't see him yeah yeah it's always, I mean, well, it's also, you have to, the, the landscape of media is also changing, you know, as we all are very much aware of it. So it's, a, it's 
it's kind of exciting, but it's also like, I think it changed really too fast for some people. So like I started in 2012 where the, it was like a faux pas to put any of your standup on social media. Like it was like, well, you're burning that material. You can't do it. You know, like it was rare that you had a public YouTube like clip, like those were set to private and you sent them to bookers or you sent them to festivals and that was it, you know? And that was the only platform. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess you, if you were cool, you had Vimeo, but. Uh, I did have Vimeo. I was, I was told that to Vimeo was better because when like a booker of a festival was like, oh, I'm always like, thank God it's a Vimeo because there was no ads. And so <laughs> they were like, I'm watching thousands of these stand-up clips a day. You have 30 seconds. And he's, she's like, I had to tell myself, I, I, it was a girl. <laughs> she was like, mm-hmm. I had to tell myself to like get like if an ad popped up because you watched too many of the mm-hmm. clips in a row or whatever then she'd be like okay I had to like calm my nerves and then not judge the next clip that came up because if you're annoyed you know what I mean right and I'm like right. yeah that sucks damn wow so that's again luck you know what I yeah, mean like sure. what if your video wasn't you your video got watched at a time where the person watching it was in a good state of mind then you got it you know yeah absolutely it's so weird I think about that with like people who go for like commercial auditions. Yeah. Where like how how much acting chops can you put into like um smiling. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just smiling, like biting a sandwich and smiling. Yeah. And they're like I you know, I bet the people who get cast are like, you look good enough and I just had a great lunch. You're good. You know? Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. I got cast in a commercial and I thought I was supposed to be the next or like the co-lead in it mm-hmm. and then it just so happened that it was they needed they needed sag perform, like actors and i got sag to be in this commercial mm-hmm. and then uh i get to set and they're like actually they cut our budget today so we can't even use sag actors um and we're sorry that you guys are here and then they're like is anyone non-union and there was a fucking pa who was mm-hmm. like sure and then that person got to be the co-lead in it it's like that quick and then all of us other sag actors had to like be in the scene but we couldn't show our faces so we were like walking past with like like folders <laughs> oh in front God. of our heads to like wow do that. that's fucking ridiculous so nothing matters you know what I mean? no no so you do all these things with in in with different capacities in comedy do you find any difficulty in sort of switching gears do you even frame it like that yeah I mean there is a I I feel like any performer will agree that like there is that it's not soul crushing to do work and I really like my job and I'm thankfully around very funny people and creative people all the time but it is that thing of like oh I'm on the other side of the curtain now you know and then it's like I spend a lot of my week watching other people doing what I want to be doing all the time. Um, but I know I'm good at both. And so you just, I have to like come to terms with myself of like, mm. well, you need the job. This is a better job than a customer service job. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so there is that like mindset switch and it doesn't happen too often, but I, I think it comes in waves. I think like one week I'll be kind of sad. <laughs> and then like the next yeah i'll have a show it'll go good and then i'm like no i am a stand-up this is great you know right and then you watch somebody spill a bunch of 
plastic forks on stage and you're like I want I want to do that yeah <laughs> yeah and I watched a bunch of people throw pesto at each other for a sketch and I'm like okay I have to be the one to clean that up okay <laughs> <laughs> did they even put a tarp down no 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 they have not Oh God! You know PSA got to, tons of rules about it now. PSA to sketch groups. I mean, come on, put down a tarp. Yeah, unit. that was actually like you. Were you around for the midnight show? Ron Lynch's? No, the UCB used to have like a monthly sketch show called the Midnight Show that would happen at midnight on a Saturday. Mm. Uh, a lot of great people who were in it: Heather Ann Campbell, James Adomian. Some people that got canceled uh was, um oh he got like canceling i guess he came but i don't know what james pumphrey's up to and then i don't um, even know the name i know exactly so um but they would do like a tarp sketch like they would like people would know that you know they would go throughout the show do sketches and then they would bring out the, a tarp for their usually their last sketch and people were like oh okay there's, There's gonna splash. be ketchup. There's gonna There's be a water. splash zone. Yeah. 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 Most people are good about it. We have to remind a couple people, but the thing about like sketches, especially on stages like that, it's like those curtains. Now I know how much those curtains cost. So don't have an open flame near them. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Or like, or like there was one sketch that had like baby oil um mm -hmm. kind of thing to create like a glistening look or something. Right. And uh we were like, don't touch the curtains use your elbow to get through you know what i mean because it's right. like you couldn't get that out um right but there's also a lot of electrical stuff like in mm -hmm. the floorboards that right. can't get wet right wow and so man. Yeah, yeah so you know there's like like a lot of uh back and forth stuff like that where i have to i'm like please be creative but also let me give you some guidelines and yell at you when you don't follow them for sure <laughs> Wait, so what 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 are sort of the overarching duties of a venue manager at UCB? Um, overarching duties, um, it's kind of more boring than you'd think, to be mm -hmm. honest. <laughs> it's a lot of scheduling. Um, sure. it's a lot of UCB as as this new, as people know, it's new ownership. Um, and it's it's kind of a a nice combination of like old and new you know mm -hmm. um so there's still artistic directors and you know the students and this and teachers are still like the driving heart of the community there and mm -hmm. um the hardest part now is that we only have one stage so franklin is the only stage so sunset is no longer with us um mm -hmm. and that's i don't believe that's ucb's issue i think I think what had happened was in 2020, the the building like kicked people out on sure. is I'm not, don't quote me on that, but that's what I believe had happened. Um, I mean, a bit building that big on sunset isn't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it was probably a financial thing. They knew, I mean, I think UCB in, in general, I think in the years of 2019 through 2022 had a, a lot of back and forth <laughs> with higher ups and you sure. know what was going to happen with the with the entity of it but my i mean daily stuff it's it's making sure you know that i i basically set up all of the like theater operational stuff so i had to make like evacuation plans and um but that kind of stuff and get everybody cpr trained and, and hire and schedule and 
be the kind of connecting point between the artistic directors, the students, the CEO, and this front of house staff. So right. in any job that mm -hmm. is still, I mean, customer service based, um, mm -hmm. it's just, you know, people can make decisions up here and be like, yeah, have them do it. And then my job is to be like, okay, that doesn't work for us. Here's how we're going to do it. Right. So, so you, it's a I lot mean, of like you, ticketing and stuff too. Right. And you make it seamless. So when people like line up at UCB, they just go in and. Yeah. They just do it. Yeah. A lot of, um, I believe what set me apart from other candidates for the job was that prior to this, I was an audience coordinator for like the mass singer and mm -hmm. um, fucking American Idol and Jeopardy <laughs> was the most fun, but sure. a lot of stuff like that. So <sighs> angry audiences don't phase me. There is like an ongoing thing of like, whenever there's like kind of a disruptive audience member, I'm like, you get me right away. You get me. I this is my, cause it's the perfect right. combination of like mm -hmm. stand up, <laughs> like, right. you know, like he handling the heckler, but also right. in a professional setting. Right. It's my favorite. Uh, I mean, are you getting angry on it? Is it UCB? I can't imagine somebody's coming in unhinged for an improv show. There used to be because there was prior to me having the job, there was a lot of issues of overselling tickets. Ah, and we, okay. We okay. honed that in. So that used to happen a lot. Um, and then, so even as front of house, I'd, I'd have to deal with that. And mm. then um, now it's mostly just people like, wanting to re like recording you know like ben schwartz um did his first comeback show at ucb right. like two nights ago or a couple last week i meant to say um and that was so fun but we you know reminded like no recording kind of thing and so we just had to make sure people weren't you're welcome to take a picture whatever but like right. some people will full-on like like right. concert style like just record the whole thing and watch it through their phone and you're like no 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 this is it's a hundred seat theater. Just enjoy yourself, IRL. Just, what are you absolutely. doing? Absolutely. That's what at Largo, the guy who does the announcements at top, he says it like three times. Yeah. 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 Well, and those are, I mean, yeah, those are like high end celebrity performers. Like, yeah. I still think that I, I think UCB is in an exciting phase of getting like this new, like a new class, you know, of performers, like, built up and come through like their herald nights have been pretty awesome and like oh, all the talent that they have is really great it was such a long i wasn't involved in the the process but i was you know there to open the doors for the auditions and stuff like that and gosh i think like 800 people auditioned for like 55 spots or something like that like just a massive amount of work which is also very cool to know mm -hmm. that there's that many people like excited and obviously still believe in in ucb even with new ownership you know right do you feel like sort of being exposed to a lot of like ucb-ness like has rubbed off you maybe in a good way because like <laughs> they don't they, there's not much stand-up that's catered to uh the ucb franklin stage at this moment so I mean, I trying saw you to like, change that. I'm very I vocal know. about trying to change that. So I'm not talking shit here. I have told the ads right. thousands of times. <laughs> oh sure, oh sure. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of wild. We talked about this off pod. I think really just like two days ago. How whiplash historically whiplash, uh, put your hands together, comedy bang bang slash comedy death ray mm -hmm. were some of the like top selling, most attended UCB shows, and those oh, are yeah stand-up yeah. shows yeah 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 i my boyfriend put it into perspective for me 
he said because i was getting you know not heated but just like confused because exactly that point i'm like these were good shows there's so much good stand-up talent here every stand-up comic is jonesing for a stage like franklin again you know yeah and franklin um, is kind of a perfect setup for stand-up it's perfect for stand-up so but mm-hmm. what my boyfriend had explained to me that kind of clicked he was like yeah but ucb is historically an improv theater so by you having he's like could you imagine if the comedy store had an improv night y'all be, would be pissed about it i mean and I'm I, like, I, I wouldn't yes but... and no i i personally wouldn't either but i can see how that could be stepping on toes you know because sure. the other part of that conversation is like you can literally do stand-up comedy anywhere right and that's not the same for improv so mm-hmm. i'm like okay did you I point guess. out to your boyfriend how ridiculous it is there's no improv at the improv <laughs> I thought about that. Well, that was his first example. And then he backtracked and was like, that, no, let me say. <laughs> like every one, like probably once every year, maybe two years, one improv la- uh, group will get to do the lab. And then that's it. Wow. It's so small in there. But also like, I want to know, I don't know the history of the improv. How did, did they get their name from something else? Uh, th- This is actually a fun story. So... The original improv was called The Improvisation, mm-hmm. opened, I believe, in 1954 in New York, uh, in Hell's Kitchen. And the name was coined at a time where improv as a comedic discipline had not been coined yet. Mm. Like Nichols and May oh, um, yeah, yeah. and all that. They they weren't, what they were doing was improv, but they didn't call it improv yet. Yeah. So... Uh, the improvisation became like a spot to do sort of stand up, and that became part of like this rising tide of stand up comedy. Um, and then because everything has to get shortened, it got shortened to like the improv, yeah. Uh, and then it just got called that. And I think there is there was like some legal dispute where they're like, you can't call it the improv because you guys don't do improv, yeah. And I, I I think I might be misquoting whatever the decision is, but essentially the judge decided, well, the improvisation, aka the improv, existed before improv as a comedy art form before existed. Before Del Close coined the fucking term. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, they got there first, so they get to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. It's also like... um. That just made me think of like that would be equivalent to nowadays. There should just be a, a stand up club called Crowd Work, right? <laughs> That's all we're not far off. You know that there's a comedy club in Bellflower called the Stand Up Comedy Club. The Stand Up Comedy Club, yep, it, it, exactly. Because they were just like, we want to be very clear what we're offering, and maybe it, it's an SEO thing. That's smart, yeah. That's smart uh, but I hate the name so much because it i i think i think and i've said this on the pod before uh if it was called the bellflower that would have been so much cooler yeah yeah and then it's in bellflower you know the bellflower is a great name yeah the a great Com- logo yeah the stand-up comedy club i mean that's just like that's on par with like tommy's chuckle hut or whatever you know <laughs> yeah all those like terrible 80s comedy club names yeah, where the logo's just a microphone. Like, got it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Oh, that well, that image of Stan O'Connor will just always endure. Some like dude with a beard just laughing into a microphone, or just like sort of uh, cringing in his face while also holding a microphone. <laughs> There's a or just like the it's just a big mouth, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, cool. This yeah. is where this is where happy happens. Got it. <laughs> that should be ucb's new tagline this is where happy happens we we are getting a second space right around the corner um Ooh. in the same block Nice. And it was a laundry mat. And so it's basically more for we have an, such an influx of students that we need more classrooms. Um, mm-hmm. So it's mostly going to be two large classrooms. But then there's mm-hmm. we're building out to be kind of like a, a like 50 seater kind of open concept stage. Um, sure. And so but I think what was missing a lot and I wasn't involved in UCB before this. So mm-hmm. I have such a different mindset of. Right in these, you know, in every meeting we have, I just don't have the emotional or historical connection to sure. UCB. I'm like, cool, I've been on that stage for stand-up, you know, a handful of times, but not, I never took classes or anything. Right. Um, And so I think that there was a, a place called the Inner Sanctum. Yeah. Name, that, by the way, that, it, I don't know why it grosses me out every time I hear it. Yeah. I don't know why, but what a you, terrible name for something. Yeah, blame former owner Matt Besser for that. I'm sure, and if he listens to this, he'll probably try to get me fired, but I just, uh-huh. I just, the word sounds so fucking gross to me, but I, mm-hmm. it used to be like a hangout coffee shop space. Yeah. And so there was that, um, which did harvest community, which I do think is positive. Right. And so there's that lack of space where people can gather. So this cleaner space around mm-hmm. the corner, it's by like, it's in the, mm-hmm. it's right across from Gelson's, like in right. that parking lot space. Um, that'll be kind of like a hangout area right. too. But speaking of names, it's called, the sign still said cleaners. And so the owners are like, we should just keep the sign. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it should just be called UCB cleaners. That's such a funny. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, that would almost kind of be like the clubhouse, uh, another sort of indie improv yeah. venue in LA, where they technically do have a sign, but you can only read it if you're there. You can't like read it from afar, right? And they ha- only have the old signs, which apparently that storefront business was three different businesses at one time. Oh yeah, that divvied up between selling cell phones, kids' clothes. And my favorite uh, shoes, uh, which was called That's Shoe Biz. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And That's yeah, they, incredible. Yeah. But they uh, haven't got a big lighted sign that says the clubhouse. I mean, they don't need to. Every time I think of the clubhouse, I'm just like, it's uh, John's and then the cage doors. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's how I tell it. It's like, just it's next to the Johns. Yeah. Uh no, I think that's important for you to get like really neighborhoody here. Like so, uh, UCB Franklin exists uh in a part of a very like niche neighborhood called Franklin Village in LA, which essentially is just one block. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't even count Clark's Diner, formerly Cafe 101, as part of Franklin Village. No, I always think it's closer than it is. And then I walk there. I'm like, oh, it's kind of a walk. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And um, Bourgeois Pig used to be a big hang for people like during the daytime. Yeah, that, that space, closed. it is. But they're doing, I don't know what's going on, but they're doing construction in there. So it's going to open to something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's another highfalutin coffee shop where 20 somethings can be apathetic as they give you yeah so many screenplays are gonna get produced out of there you know i i know people make fun of it as like like a a stereotype of like a hip coffee shop and people writing their screenplays but like what do you want people to just not do anything at the coffee shop i mean that's true yeah 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 I mean, thankfully, computer tech has gotten uh, up to the point where like computers are more mobile across the board. Where yeah. do you do you remember a time where people would bring their whole fucking desktop to a coffee shop? I've only shop? seen that in movies. I've seen that in real life. It oh, is upsetting. People bringing a, so a computer weird. tower, those CRT monitors. It's like, okay, this is not your office, buddy. Did they take it on the train with them? They <laughs> yes, they, yes, they That's did. That's insane. It's absolutely, like, they're literally, like, carry it all in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. If I was working the coffee shop, I'd be like, no, no, you can't. No. Yeah. <laughs> you can, absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm just, I would just make up a state law. I'm like, it's against the fire codes. You have to mm-hmm. leave. <laughs> <laughs> Which it probably would be because you can't, like, right. old buildings can only have so much voltage, you know? Right. Right. But Whatever. It, I love kicking people out of things. It's sadly one of my favorite things. Wow. This, this is, I think this is a part of how I know I'm like a stand up and not an improviser. I wonder if the same is true for you. Like anytime I imagine myself in an improv scene, I'm like, oh, I just want to tag everybody out. <laughs> or I want to do a sweep edit and just like, your idea is stupid. Like, let's. Thankfully, I don't. I, I kind of started an improv and like, I don't. I do think. I've since watching improv a lot now you know in the past year Mm -hmm. there are moments where I'll be like fucking edit edit this what do you do you know but then you kind of wait through that awkwardness and then someone fucking buttons it in a beautiful way that wouldn't have happened if the edit you know so like there is a, a trust with who's on stage but if you don't trust the person on stage and you don't even have to know them even if you're an audience member you're just like I don't think you're funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's unfortunate you know um right i don't know when i did improv and i would honestly like to get back into it but um i took some bad advice from somebody when i was younger and i actually i'm jumping all over but i had this conversation with somebody recently of um yeah i was in new york recently and we were were talking to some uh some stand-ups who we all kind of started in improv and stand-up kind of at the Mm -hmm. same time you know um or like very the two mediums at the same time Mm -hmm. and at some point was told you have to pick one Mm -hmm. and which is such bad advice such such bad bad advice advice. but it back then that is what people thought and of course it was always some fucking dude who was just bitter and just you know every single person who said that they were told that Mm -hmm. described the same type of piece of shit who was Mm -hmm. just like you know in it for 50 years never went you know never left their hometown blah 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 divorced and it's just like you gotta pick one you can't do both and I took that advice and I and I I thought I was better at improv and this person who 
actually mm-hmm. did both was mm-hmm. like no you're way funnier at stand-up and I yeah. was like oh okay and then I just did only stand up yeah. and I also worked at a comedy club up there too it was an improv club mm-hmm. I bartended yeah. and so I was taking classes there mm-hmm. and uh and just did their open mic I, yeah. I never took stand-up classes but um mm-hmm. I don't know. I just regret that. I regret that a lot because I do believe that I'm more of an animated type right. of performer. And so to be able to yeah. try to hone in on that would be great. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But when I was performing, there were, I, I do like the, the group mindedness of it. And I do mm-hmm. believe that really good performers can train themselves to be good at both. It's two different parts of your brain, you know? Right. right. I would officially state that that is unequivocally bad advice that you have to do one or the other absolutely yeah i think uh will hines was already really really funny and then he started doing stand-up and i think that's only made his improv and clowning like better and then he got into clowning yeah i had no idea he did he did stand-up yeah he did he does stand-up yeah i know right wow yeah, Will's one of the, there's like a handful of people that are like, if there was a comedy decathlon, like they would do pretty well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's so funny. He's so funny. Absolutely. And he's so, I mean, he's an author, like he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's in like everything is, you know what I mean? I love when he pops up on screen and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I, oh, who was I talking to this about? This is is probably off pod with not a guest, but like he, somebody was telling me about an improv scene he was doing, and I I wonder like years of improv experience or this is like cross pollination of him doing all these different disciplines of comedy. But somebody was starting out a scene by say like just like hey thanks for coming to like my birthday party means a lot, and rather than sort of like yes ending that, <laughs> Will goes like did you find my daughter yet? She's still missing. <laughs> <laughs> which is like i love that <laughs> yeah just heightened it out the fucking gate yeah yeah yeah, yeah your idea might be going somewhere let's do this <laughs> yeah oh you have a thought no it's so funny i mean it's so interesting when you see scenes like that and that's truly the epitome of the fucking yes and you know because mm-hmm. you see a scene like that and it's so funny and then the other person you have to go that that trumps the whatever you were gonna say that ha- you have to take that you know right and then to see people be like try to get back to their idea it's like right. dude you gotta let it go and that's go. comedic timing you know what i mean like yeah. if there's if i had a fucking dime for every time i wanted to like even at the improv the other night um as a host like a comic will say something you have a thought in your head and i'm like yeah and then there's that little trope of like when you get back on stage to outro them you comment on something that mm-hmm. they said but you can't call it back that far you know what i no. mean so you have to let that one go and wait for them mm-hmm. to say something else that you can comment on you know right so. yeah to the to anyone listening who does open mics um don't if you thought of something at the beginning of the mic based off of don't say it when you go up 10 comics later no exactly it's never ever Let it go. ever gonna work yeah the mood has shifted yeah so uh how's stand-up going joanne decent i mean i've truly just been working so much that i haven't um 
you know, dove too in, but I do, this is probably stupid to admit, but I am um, always thankful that uh, I frequently get asked to do shows, but I don't, I haven't sent out a booking email since I've lived in LA, (laughs) (laughs) which I should, but I have not. Um, So that's on me, but you know, your girl still gets around. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) You got connections. People know you. People know me. More people should know you, but yeah. That's true. And that's the part that I'm lacking. I'm not helping myself in any regard that way. And I wonder, I feel like sometimes, I mean, there is like, I think a objective sort of gross feeling when it comes to self-promotion and you know, even as far as like outreach for booking emails. Um, and to that, I said, you just, and I, I'm saying it to myself too. Like you have to get over it. You have to get over it. I mean, and then half the time it's not like a ego thing. I just mm-hmm. have like forgot, like I'm not confident that the tape I have is good enough, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that, where I'm like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to send them. And it's like, just get over it. Like if someone's booking a show, they, they're, flooded with you know yeah with asks they're just gonna see your name and be like oh yeah joanne yeah get her on you know what i mean like right right it's not but it is so rude to not include a clip you absolutely if anyone's listening is absolutely include a clip it's insane not to even if you know the person include a clip in fact uh for chatterbox Usually, like, once a month, I feel like Steve Hernandez records a video where he's like, okay, if you want to submit to the, any, like, list his latest gripe with Chatterbox submissions. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Use your full fucking name. Don't send me your nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. Yeah, generally, yeah, use your full name. Send a five-minute clip. Um, Not edited not edited know that if you send anything longer people are only going to watch five minutes if that yeah they're gonna watch your first joke yeah i mean i'll tell you if you send me a special i this is a pretty hard fast rule for me if i can guess three of your punchlines or i haven't laughed in 20 minutes i'm stopping you watch 20 minutes of it of of like a a hour special special. Yeah, yeah yeah i'll um man I normally like to watch people's specials for like inspiration in the sense of like, not like what jokes, but like inspiration of like, what are other people doing? You know, sure. like what, what's the vibe that's getting you that Netflix thing, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously it's agents, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> sure. Um, but I'm like, okay, well, what is, well, you know, what are you putting out there? What is, because it's, it's, that's kind of, a testament of what consumers are getting you know so i don't know i'll always i love to watch uh i love to watch best selling i mean a good love friend that. but also just constantly just like if i'm feeling low and on stand-up i'll pop a beth on for sure sure um sarah silverman i mean i you know they tour together and stuff but sarah's is always so enlightening and like such a uh a lesson i guess on like towing that line of of um political mm-hmm. and funny and right. her hers is done in such a way that it's so much of her face too like i like yeah. she stands still and still uses a stand which right. not a lot of people still do but i think that frees her up to you know like right her punchlines are with her smile, you know, yeah, which absolutely. is incredible. 
right it's it's almost weird to well uh, it's not entire it's weird to just see a smile because i i know a lot of people these days like laughing at their own jokes which a case-by-case basis i either hate it or it's fine sure yeah like some people i think people do it as like a nervous like instead of an um right i agree and that's where i'm like oh i mean you think your material is not that strong i the the best kind of laughs is when they surprise themselves or they know Mm -hmm. it's a stupid thing to say and they said it anyways and they're like sorry you know what i mean right i like those ones yeah but if you're seeing on a special you got to know that like oh did they do this like every time have they done this like surprise themselves a right. hundred right. times? You're right. Yeah. And that's where I feel cheated. Like yeah. you're not genuinely surprised. You do <laughs> this every night. <laughs> On like here's here's how superficial I can be. I mm-hmm. watched I love Nate Pergazzi. I sure. really have. And I watched his latest one because I was like, he's skinny now. Yeah. <laughs> what? What happened? There's all these old men, Tom Segura. What what is what is in the water with these men aging and getting like trimmer? <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Blame Camille. <laughs> I love. I kind of love that. Do you think he'll ever do stand up again? I kind of love that he just like dipped out and is now Marvel Universe. Right. Um. I. Oh, you know, people keep asking me that question. Actually, last year at Vulture Fest, he was like on a panel. And Jesse David Fox cleverly like reminded him of a joke he used to tell. And then he like finished the punchline and then it got a huge laugh, even though it's like an old joke of his. And he's like, it reminded him how good it felt. So like jury's still out whether he'll do it or not again. But, um, you know, I bet Iowa Debris is just going to act now because she's doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. Hannibal Uh, Burris is back. Hannibal, is he still being a fucking issue tune now? I think I think he's this next tour is just stand up. I don't know if he's DJing. Okay, yeah, uh, he probably he, might be, but uh huh. It, it's it was an interesting trajectory to like see him do gibberish rap, which made fun of rap, and then like then try to become a real rapper. Yeah, yeah, but also I mean, performing is performing. So if you right. got. If you got the bug, I mean, it does make sense to want to mm-hmm. expand your telling jokes. Can I'm assuming when you're like that, can either get too much pressure or, or just too old, you know? Right, right. Have you heard about or seen Ti doing stand up? No, but I have heard about this. It is not good. I'm sure, which is a bummer because I really like his music. Sure, <laughs> just one and, song in particular. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Does it work its way into the UCB like pre-show playlist? <laughs> yeah, I, well, finally the 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 techs get to do their playlist before. Interesting. I thought it, it oh, was ahead. it was under the branch of of the ads, and it just again being the connect of a lot of my job is being the connecting dot, and I was like, okay, but these playlists that it, it, nothing's wrong with it, but it it's not the right mood for all of the shows so it should be so the rule was like if if um performers came with their own playlist then the techs would play it and then it's like yeah let the the techs get to watch the shows all the time they're they're not dumb they should be able to set the mood of the room you know so right 
thankfully that got adjusted <laughs> yeah i thought i i would imagine that i was always imagining that ucb's like pre-show playlist is like very very like locked down like it has to have like an indie vibe no and it didn't it was it was a lot of um spanish pop deep cuts sure <laughs> And so it just wasn't, which was um, great, but it wasn't the vibe for right. a show talking about their making fun of their dead parents. You know what I mean? Right, <laughs> right. Not, no, that doesn't. No, that didn't. That didn't hit right. Uh huh. So they're, they're playing. Um, oh God, why is the name escaping me? Uh, I'll think of it later. Uh, right, no, right, Rosal right. Rosalia. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, I mean, they should just be playing that one um, uh, Cat Stevens song, <laughs> or any a lot of Cat Stevens songs that are about like parents that are. If you're talking about, oh, you're talking about the dead parents. Yeah, yeah. I think it was respectful to ask the performer what they preferred. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, but yeah. I mean, you know, set set a mood. That's yeah, it's interesting at like at the Elysian, it's definitely like the it it's the performers like mm-hmm. oh, this is what the show is for sure. I mean, generally I hear just sort of like stuff you'd find on pitchfork, but you know, it was uh the show I went to the Elysian at last was uh Why Are You Single, which was sort of like a comedy dating game show. Mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of like in your uh, like ma- mainstream but in your face hip hop, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, I mean that tracks because the all the audience were given red flags, and anytime said somebody someone said something out of pocket, you could just wave a red flag like that's a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty great. <laughs> and one of the contestants, or uh, yeah, one of the contestants, uh, initially said, "This is so priceless." Um. Oh, I thought, wait, red flags are bad? I thought you guys were supporting me. <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. What are you What are you looking to, now with all these different hands and different pies, uh, what are you looking to do going forward? What a great forward? analogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just all the most fun one. In different pies. Am I? <laughs> yeah. I mean baking them or just physically up to you juggling some pies i i like the image of that your hand is actually physically in the pie it's like a cream <laughs> pie and you you got cream all over your hands um i love getting down and dirty i'll tell you that much yeah you um erotic so, fan fiction writer erotic fan fiction writer. yeah oh and that's that okay hand in pies uh well you i know what your christmas present is now <laughs> <laughs> great um I don't I mean I've been asking myself this question a lot lately of what is the goal then you know I mean I think post uh lockdown the goal was financial security as I'm like I'm getting older and I don't want to be paycheck to paycheck anymore so let's make this work so I'm not you know um and that I'm thankful to have checked that box off um but I do I, I want to get a producer credit. I think that there's opportunity um, to kind of transition to that vein. UCB is going to um, 
we're building out like a really cool camera system and getting a lot of consultants involved to um, make it this Franklin to be a, a space for people want to film specials. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, they're going to be stand up specials, but we don't have a stand up show. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. It's fine. Um, So, you know, I'll be the first if you want to try. Sure. But um, so I do want to get more involved in that end of like what creatively and can I continue with behind the scenes, you know, while also still it's still moving forward. I have a new idea for a one person show that I want to do. I just want to get um evolved more. I love stand up a lot. Um, I always want to keep striving to do jokes, but since the lockdown just kind of have like, you know, we lost the opportunities to do it consistently and that just kind of opened my brain of like okay well what else creatively is out there you know that I've been like shunning away because prior to that I mean the grind you know like when you get tunnel vision of open mic show open mic show 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 open mic you know Mm -hmm. then it just um becomes a lot and then there's a whole other world around you you know yeah absolutely and where do you think you're gonna get that material exactly yeah. yeah i once you exhaust all of your family trauma then you have to you have to go out and create your own right well you're gonna you're gonna do bits about doing an open mic or developing material come on yeah right yeah. it is kind of funny when you see comics start to just like rely on like inside jokes and you're mm-hmm. like okay stop that's where i honestly i have to check myself like i know how to do well at an open mic in a way that's not helpful like if you're playing to just comics, like there, there's like ways to do good, but you're like not developing material or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also, I'm one of those people where my boyfriend's been really great about just being like, why aren't you writing this shit down? Why aren't you selling that story? You know, or like my close friends that I've grown up with, they're like, have you said that story yet on stage? And I'm like, no, like not that I don't find that funny. I'm just sometimes struggle with like, but that's like a chapter in a book. That's mm. not a stand-up thing. You know what I mean? So right. personally, I in writing a book is on the docket. Like I would love to. So, um, but I've always thought that you have to be famous to write a book. That's actually how I started stand-up. I wanted to write a book prior to that. And I was like, well, no one's going to read a book from a nobody. I got to be somebody. Right. And then I saw that like Chelsea Handler does stand-up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that then. Right. So... I think that's the because the guy I started stand up with, he wrote a book before getting into stand up, and I told him, no, no one, no one knows you did, and self publishing is like a bad luck. Yeah. So yeah, at least do stand up. Um. Yeah, and then um. Well, we're not friends anymore, and he, I don't, as far as I know, he doesn't do comedy. So. That book went never went anywhere, and honestly, it shouldn't go anywhere. It's not good. What's it about? You know, it's um, it is essentially uh, a blend of stories and of growing up as a uh, child of divorce and it being very sad and um, weird one-liners. One-liners for a book. That's interesting. I feel like one-liners need delivery. (laughs) I know. No, it's like as interstitials in between the stories, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
instead of, I don't know, doing a chapter, you could just have a chapter, you know? Uh, he called it Toothpaste and Orange Juice. Not a bad title, though. No, it's not a bad title. This is probably the best thing about the book. Not that he's listening. Well, if he is, send me a copy. I'd love to read. <laughs> How nice of you. How nice of you. <laughs> um, John, do you want to do some comedy news? Hell yeah. Oh, righty then. So excited. <laughs> So Emmy nominations just came out today uh, for the uh, primetime Emmys. Um, and, well, I'd be curious at your thoughts. So we're going to, I'm not going to read all of them. They're just anything that's comedy related. And thankfully, it, well, of course, the Creative Arts Emmys, they're, they're important and people who are nominated for that, of course, they're artists, but like uh, it makes the Emmys a little incongruous because like in total, the Primetime Emmys and the Creative Arts Emmys together, it's like 70 categories or something like that. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a bit much. All right. So Best Comedy Series nominees are Abbott Elementary, Barry, the Bear, Jury Duty, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, uh, Rachel Brosnahan for Marvelous Miss Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, and Natasha Leone for Poker Face, Jenna Ortega for Wednesday. Best Actor in a Comedy Series, Bill Hader for Barry, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, Jason Segel for Shrinking, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, Jeremy Allen White for The Bear, Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, Anthony Kerrigan for Barry, Phil Dunster for Ted Lasso, Brad Goldstein for Ted Lasso, James Marsden for Jury Duty, Eben Moss Buckrock for The Bear, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler for Barry, Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Alex Borstein, The Mar Marvelous Miss Maisel, Iota Debris for The Bear, Janelle James for Abbott Elementary, Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, Junior Temple for Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso, Jessica Williams for Shrinking, and then we get to skip a bunch of categories. Best Writing for a Comedy Series, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, and the other two. Uh, oh, and Ted Lasso. And there's like a few more. Best Directing for a Comedy Series, Barry, the Bear, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Miss Pat Show, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. Best Talk Series, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Late Night with Seth Meyers, Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Problem with Jon Stewart. Best Animated Program, Bob's Burgers, Intergalactic. Uh, oh, this isn't a comedy, but Jendi Tartofsky's uh, Primal, Rick and Morty and the Simpsons. Um... Best Variety Special, uh, the Apple, Apple Music Super Bowl Halftime Show starring Rihanna, Chris Rock, Selective Outrage, Live Farewell from Dodger Stadium for Elton John, the Oscars, Best Variety Special, Carol Burnett, 90 Years of Laughter and Love, Johnny John Mulaney, Baby J, Lizzo, Live in Concert, Norman Lear, 100 Years of Music and Laughter. Wow, way to try to one of carol burnett uh trevor trevor noah i wish you would wanda sykes i'm an entertainer 
Um, I'm only going to mention for best hosts for a reality or competition program. There's a bunch of not comedy stuff, but Nicole Byer got nominated for uh, Emmy, which is great and deserved. Uh, for for... Nailed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay, I think there's two more. Best guest actor in a comedy series: John Berthold, The Bear, Luke Kirby, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Nathan Lane, Only Murders in the Building, Petra Pascal for SNL, Oliver Platt, The Bear, Sam Richardson, Ted Lasso, and best guest actress in a comedy series: Becky Ann Baker, Ted Lasso, Quinta Brunson for SNL, Taraji P Henson, Abbott Elementary, Judith Light, Pokerface, Sarah Niles, Ted Lasso, Harriet Walter, Ted Lasso, and did I miss? Yep, and that's it. Thoughts? Well, that was the whole ass list. That was the whole ass list. That was Uh, all of them. Um, the most surprising thing is I wouldn't consider the bear to be a comedy. Correct. Correct. That's so wild to me. It is a great show that is not a comedy. It's not a comedy. The best scene, the best episode in it is the Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. And like it's that's dramatic as fuck. It's it that episode is called Seven Fishes, but could also yeah. be called Everything Is Trauma. Yeah, I mean the the camera angles and that, the intensity and that, the fucking fucking Jamie Lee Curtis and that, like mm-hmm. the whole it was, it's incredible, right? And that scene alone should be on this list, but not in a comedy category. Yeah, I'm gonna pitch a job for myself. the The TV uh, Academy should hire me as like a like a like a like a joke counter for these shows yeah (laughs) like like i watch it and like okay this there was this many jokes in the show so that qualifies it as a comedy yeah yeah i mean bill Hader should win all the awards for barry yes it's it's truly every season was spectacular right you know um and the way that the humor and the dark drama was interwoven and so i mean um the actor who played um hans fucking where's his name on here you know Mm -hmm. like right truly incredible um so i think there's some tough decisions in this but i do believe that bill Hader deserves every accolade for that series yeah and that's an interesting barry's interesting because i feel like barry's darker than the bear but it's also a comedy but the but it's a yeah but i think it differs in the fact that it's it's so dark like it's considered a dark comedy and the bear i don't know where the jokes are in it you know what i mean like bill or bill um barry you can you can out loud laugh at those like you know what they're setting up to be you know what i mean like yeah I think the comedy in the bear is pretty much relegated to Richie being finally unequivocally proven wrong. Yeah, but is I don't know. I still just the bear was one of those even last season I remember the first like two three episodes I was like ugh I was like sludging along and then the fishes episode which maybe was the third one this season then that one was like that got me hooked but if it wasn't for that one i probably just would have let it fall off to be honest sure and i think these nominations are actually coming for season one because jimmy lee curtis deserves to be nominated as the yeah actress. yes yeah i agree uh, yeah um, i mean best supporting actress in a drama series jennifer coolidge all the way mm-hmm. like yeah you know it's know. interesting so the bear 
in, in contrast, the bear is being considered as a drama and white Lotus or as a comedy and white Lotus is being considered as a drama, which I think it should be the reverse. Cause there were actual jokes in white Lotus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And a lot of those were improvised, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like by Jennifer. So I remember reading that. So I agree with you. Those should be, those should be flipped. Yeah. That's um, what, Oh, go on. I was going to say best actress in comedy series, Quinta. I mean, that this list is okay for the best mm-hmm. actress in a comedy series. Who got snubbed? Who 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 do you want in there? That's a great question. I have to do more research. But the do names I... that are presented right here, uh-huh. I'm like, Quinta's just the standout choice. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it seems kind of blown on the water. And I do love Christina Applegate, and I believe she should get all the accolades as well. But I don't believe that right. Dead to Me was... Uh, it was a great show and she nailed it. But I don't think writing wise, it led itself up to be a comedy series as much as it happened elementary, you know? Right. I don't know where it falls in timing wise because there's been a lot of like breaks, but why is there no mention of what we do in the shadows? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It is it like it's not even a dramedy. It's like the rare pure comedy that we all kind of love. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think it's like one of the funniest. Sh- to me, uh, what we do in the shadows and the other two are the funniest comedies on TV. The other two is great too. I'm I'm bummed it didn't get picked up again. Yeah, it did yeah. get nominated. Well, I mean, they kind of they kind of had a nice arc to end on. Yeah, this last season. but I wonder why that show didn't get more. Like a lot of people haven't heard of it, and a lot of people watched it, and I was like, "What? How did that fall off?" The cast was incredible, notable, yeah. you know, yeah. really great writing, really funny, um, poignant as well. So, yeah. but it's not. I wonder if like, I wonder if there, it exists in the world of the industry of maybe it was considered like a JV show or something. You know what I sure. mean? Like not. Like, I think that's what is kind of happening now with the with the past, you know, five, seven years of the lack of like primetime television. Now, all of these TV shows have so much more competition and so much more like I'm assuming that the back end of how the producers and everything like get it to the Mm -hmm. forefront matters so much more now. Yeah, right. It makes me wonder if the other two is going to have like um, like maybe some sort of renaissance of uh being like rediscovered on stream by younger people yeah even though it's like bear stop it sorry what? my dog's eating something that i don't know what she uh, it's okay Hold, holding for the dog wait who's eating okay, sorry yeah, that's okay. <laughs> wait how is watching the bear with a dog named bear like <laughs> it was beautiful you took a lot of photos yeah <laughs> is he just barking corner yeah <laughs> yeah we trained him that yeah that is me you know i went to a place last night that ran so slow and i'm like oh this is like the opposite there was like one cook and one person in the front of the house and like this is the opposite of the bear like no one has to yell corner behind because nobody's working nobody's working yeah, yeah i mean like that i, I think I think the consensus of the show, The Bear, is that it since season one, everyone's just like, this just brought out all of my anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem it's not funny to me in that regard. I'm like, yeah, this is all the trauma of the college restaurants I worked in. Right. Right. 
some restaurant owner, I think possibly the one that the bear is based off of, said that it's it, it's going to set the restaurant business back 20 years, which seems crazy. Why? Uh, I don't think he went into great detail about it. I think he just made an offhand comment because he's so old. Because if anything, it was ruining his... Right. Yeah. Wait, so things should be like they... I feel like it, it, it shows how hard of a job it is and how much you have to love it and the beauty of it and how heartbreaking it can be. Okay, yeah. I think... No, I... No, I saying that. That I... You know, I, I think it's giving it a, a, a great light as to what goes into the restaurant business. Yeah, I think it is doing a service in a way of just like, yeah, this is because I do think that what the show did was give a good, especially season two, give a good backstory of like the effort and the talent and like the, you know, by having the character go to um, that one sous chef going to Amsterdam, you know, and learning like and then like, all of the back end of like military-esque style, you know, thought processes and stuff. But right. I don't think it painted it in a bad light. I think no, it just no. kind of almost justified the right. chaos. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he, eh, I don't even buy that. Like, they're because of Entourage, certain A listers fired their agent and asked for an agent that's more like Ari Gold. Mm. Um, and like. I don't think that that's going to happen in a similar similar sense of like, oh, people want that sort of like kitchen to be run in the restaurant they're eating at. Yeah. If anything, what if it just like makes people be like, oh, I guess this is a real profession and career. And so that's why I have to pay all these service fees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. They're more appreciative of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I do want to go. I, I, I scrolled down and I was like, oh, I missed it. I do want to say that Anthony Kerrigan, who is on Barry, is up for Best Supporting Actor. Yes. He should win. Yeah, Noho Hank. Noho Hank. Yeah, what a what a singular, unique character. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, yeah, speechless. <laughs> because right. just, like, the perfect, perfect. I mean, he, like... I, his backstory is interesting isn't it where he like didn't start out as an actor or he did and he wasn't getting roles and then alopecia hit him and then now then it's just like this is the perfect right this is the perfect situation right, right. and what a beautiful for a while he's a little bit of a one-dimensional character and then the way that he like becomes evolved slash devolves is amazing yeah but even in like the previous seasons of being like one dimensional, he was still so funny. He was yeah. the comic relief, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. not only in like his mannerisms of speech and stuff, but just mm -hmm. like the, I, you could tell the writers had fun with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Emily Heller, who, who everyone, I feel like everyone misses her stand up, but you know, if you're enjoying writing on Barry, that's great. That's great. That's yeah. yeah. You're yeah. good. <laughs> uh, all right. Next news story. Uh, you know, we'll do this as our last news story and then get you out of here. Um, Hulu has unveiled that they are going to have a little section of Hulu called Anime Ham. Um, I guess you have to say a section because it's not like on any linear timeline. 
yeah. uh, that will focus in on programming for adult animation and anime, similar to a thing that's existed for decades called Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. Although it, it was, go- Adult Swim was a section of Cartoon Network, right? Right. So they, yeah. Yeah. yeah they would air a, in safe harbor hours uh, yeah. on, on Cartoon Network and but technically be their own channel technically even though it was the same thing i think it still operates like that yeah i was gonna say it is it's, it's still around right yeah it's still yeah, around very like much so. like if you if you choose to, i don't know anybody who actually watches adult swim on air i don't know people who actually watch stuff on air we all watch on streaming yeah yeah but I, adult swim though is they kind of I wonder if this differs, if this is how they justified it, is that Adult Swim also, it's not only animation. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it started yeah. with that way, but they still, they have shorts on there and stuff like that, sure. you know? Um, and so, unless Hulu does that, then mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't It feels qu- weird. I don't quite think it's steal. I don't think it's quite stealing. I think it's... I, don't, I wasn't saying that it was stealing. Yeah. I think it's the competitor, but what's interesting, at least from the teaser of it, it seems like it'll be like a PG-13 version of Adult Swim. Like, Adult Swim is, like, some of the more extreme things you'll see on TV. Like a demon-possessed dog wreaking havoc on Earth. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I mean, but this, this clip that you sent me, it looks like it's just all of, they're just compiling, comp- or putting together all of the yeah american dad and mm-hmm. uh, archer and their new ones you know um, right all North the fox disney one. properties yeah yeah it's <laughs> truly that's all this seems like yeah and that's where it's like all right well i don't know how that's supposed to be appealing but cool I yeah know, they, but i mean maybe maybe it'll spawn to be like they're starting with this point to get people in and then they'll start releasing new um <clears throat> i guess that you know? i guess that's the hope <clears throat> <clears throat> huh? Got I'm it? There. Yeah, I think I'm there. <clears throat> no. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Uh I think it's you replacing this jar. I make a I made some tea. It looks like a jar of piss. Ah, <laughs> wow. Great. Uh I think it might be replacing Fox Animation Domination that was literally on Fox or Fox ADHD. Um problematic name. Um <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Joanne. So lovely to have you on. Thanks for having me. What a great conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Where can people find you online? Is there anything else you'd like to promote? Um, yeah, uh, hit me up on Instagram, I guess, Joanne.shinderly. If you just type J-O-A-N-N-S-C-H, I'll pop right. up. <laughs> yeah. So do that. Um and come grab a erotic fan fiction story from me. At JoJo's No Nos. JoJo's No Nos. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jake Berger. I create the Comedy Bureau. You can find the Comedy Bureau at thecomedybureau.com. Uh, at the Comedy Bureau across socials, at not the supermarket on Instagram, at Twitter at mjkroger. And I'll pick another platform to replace Twitter. Don't bother me right now about it. So many great causes of support. Uh, so I ask that you please support those, but if you have money and generosity left over, please support the Comedy Bureau. Do you have anything to say as we sign off here, Joanne? I just appreciate the time. Thanks, everybody. You're welcome. Live comedy is happening, and as the great Brody Stevens would say, enjoy it.
Weekly Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Granillo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.